Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to another Pit Panther Rants and other Sports Rants podcast. Lat Harris, your host. Today is Thursday. We got NFL games. We got NFL game on tonight, I should say. The Chiefs will play the Lions. Kind of an awkward, well, not awkward or weird, but it's just a weird choice. But I understand it because you have the defending Super Bowl champs and they're facing a Lions team that's supposedly up and coming. I guess. I mean, we've been hearing that the Lions have been up and coming for the last, I don't know, 30 years maybe. Probably since Barry Sanders was drafted, we've been hearing about this. Barry was drafted in, let's see, when his first year was 1989 with the Lions. So, God, that was 30 years ago. 34 years ago, actually. And it's, you know, they've been trying to go, they've been trying to be up and coming ever since. But Travis Kelsey's out, but they the Chiefs still have Pat Mahomes. So, we'll see, I mean, I think the the Chiefs are a minus four and a half favorite, which is pretty accurate. I mean, I'm not, it depends. You know, Jared Goff is the quarterback for the Lions. So, it all depends on which Jared Goff you're getting. I'm not sure. Anyway, you know. But, yeah, they, um, let's see, the Lions had that little resurgence in the 90s. I mean, you had Barry Sanders, you had Herman Moore. But um, they had Scott Mitchell as their quarterback, which was probably the more baffling part. I mean, they went to the playoffs with Scott Mitchell, but they never, they never like, they, they didn't win enough with him. Yeah, that was an odd one. I think maybe if the Lions would have actually picked up a quarterback, maybe things would have been, would have been better. I mean, they did have, they did draft Ronnie Pete, and Ronnie didn't really work out too well. In fact, let's look at his stats real quick. How did he turn out, Ronnie Pete? Yeah, because the Lions had that they, they they adapted that West Coast offense. I remember, and it was all these short passes, which explains why you know Scott Mitchell did so well. Yeah, he played actually played until '93, but he was six and four. But he was looks like he was always hurt. Yeah, he was always hurt. Yeah, he never exactly played a full season because he was always hurt. Um, how does Scott Mitchell do? Gala Pro Football Reference. Yeah, he played in Detroit from 94 until 98. And if I remember correctly, he got replaced by Charlie Batch because he was struggling. But yeah, he had he had a one year where he threw for four thousand yards, and they had thirty two tees, twelve picks, and he was 
ten and six as a starter. I mean, how do you how do you go just ten six as a starter and you put up stats like that? I mean, he had thirty two touchdown passes, twelve picks. Well, his completion percentage was well, it was sixty percent. It was still good. I'm sure he threw a lot. Of, if I remember correctly, he threw a lot of short passes, but he was never really any better than that. That's the most they got out of out of him. Yeah, they had Batch. Batch really didn't work out too well. Then they drafted a whole bunch of other guys, like Joey Harrington. They drafted. They tried Mike Mike McMahon. They tried so many things about this. It just didn't work. I mean, then they had a little, they had a little resurgence with uh, Matt Stafford and you know Calvin Johnson. Megatron eventually decided to retire, and that was that. You know, God took a beating. Now let's get to the actual um, what we need to talk about. Uh, Pitt plays Cincinnati this week. I know we're all excited about that. Another Pitt's. Pitt Cincinnati showdown, or should we call it uh, Pitt? We can call it Pitt Cincinnati. Pitt Cincinnati. Yeah, there you go. Because I did hear that some person was trying to make Boulevard Royale's uh, Bota, which I have no idea. You know, B O T A, which I have no idea why they would do that. But I'm sure if he would, I'm sure he would call the Pitt Cincinnati game the the Pitt Cincinnati game. Is what he would probably call it. But as we look at the game itself, both teams open their schedule with a cupcake win. Both quarterbacks were on point. Well, Emory Jones for, is a transfer from Arizona State. He had a monster game. I mean, he had he was nineteen twenty three for three hundred forty five yards, five touchdowns. You know, they obviously you know since they obviously he was Cincinnati and. They're coached by Scott Starfield, which who also was Louisville coach. So I'm sure. I'm sure Pitt's no stranger to Scott Satterfield. Yeah, we look here. Mm-hmm. Emory just lit it up. Spread the ball around. I mean, there's really. And plus, what about the rushing, honey? Emory had nine carries, 26 yards. So, obviously, he's kind of a dual threat. And Cincinnati is a very up-tempo team. Nothing. I mean, let's be honest. This type of offense and stuff like this is nothing new to Pitt. And their defense. Um, There's not much to talk about for Cincinnati as far as their defense goes. I mean, there's... Really not much to go on because, well, look at the team stats here. Eastern Kentucky had 302 total yards, 177 passing, 122 rushing. But you wonder how much of that was in the second half of that game. But long story short, Pitt's going to have to contain Emory Jones. Limit him as much as they can, and it's hard to say what weaknesses we have in the defense because we you know we don't really know. I mean, it was Wofford. 
and they were coached by Sean Watson, so double whammy there. We know we have at the um, offensive part of this you know, thing. So the key thing is, can Pitt, you know, protect Phil Jerkovic? And can they make plays? Because I'm sure Cincinnati is going to tee off on Pitt. So the way I see it is, um, yeah, Cincinnati had a two, three sacks in the game. So the key thing will be to protect Jerkovic, get the running game going, which I'm sure that's what we'll do. But I'd like to see more of the passing game as well. Pitt definitely needs to get pressure on Cincinnati's quarterback, Emory Jones. And let's hope the receivers don't have an off. I mean, not the receivers. The secondary doesn't have an off day because that happens sometimes where they lose a lot of 50-50 balls. But other than that, Pitt's a minus 7.5 point favorite. I think Cincinnati covers the 7.5. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Pitt wins by three. It's an you know it's an evening game. It's on the it's on the CW. So we have that going for us. Oh well. You know I just realized that I was looking at the U, the Houston uh, University of Houston football schedule. It's all Big Twelve teams this year, and I forgot that they are in the Big Twelve this year. And as we look at the rest of the top twenty-five, anything anything in particular? Well. Notre Dame has NC State. That's an ACC game. We can, we can get to that in a minute. Utah plays Baylor. Utah is a minus eight. I'm going with, I would go with Utah on this one. I think Utah covers the minus eight. Baylor just isn't good. Nebraska and Colorado. Colorado is a minus three against Matt Rowan, Nebraska. Oof. After last week and what we saw with Nebraska, I would probably have to give us to Colorado. I think they cover the three, and they just they probably blow out Matt Rule, Nebraska. It, you know, Matt Rule has his work cut out for him. Uh, Michigan UNLV, Michigan is second ranked. They're playing. They're playing UNLV, which um, which they kicked off the. Um, the Brennan Marion era, who's, you know, Brennan's now the um, offensive corner at UNLV. Uh, Vincent Davis had three carries for 79 yards and a touchdown for UNLV last week. Ah, I go with Michigan this one. Yep. We got Ole Miss and Tulane. Tulane's 24th ranking is Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a minus seven and a half. Probably going with Ole Miss. Look at the rest of the ACC here in a minute because I see a lot of ranked games, including the ACC. Let me see. Oklahoma and SMU. Oklahoma's a minus 15 and a half. Dylan Gabriel is still there. Wasn't he? Wait a second. Dill, if I'm mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, Oh yeah, he played at UCF, of course. But did he? I'm thinking, did he play Pitt? 
Yes, he did. He was yep, he was the QB in that 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 pit special game. So we have that going for us. Um probably gonna go with Oklahoma in that one. Eleventh ranked Texas against third ranked Alabama. I heard there was some sort of you know issues with this. Whereas I guess Bama needed some sort of allotment that had to be seated somewhere. Texas had to accommodate them. Well, this is at Alabama, I think. I don't know. I, I haven't really. I, I didn't really read the article. That's just what I, you know, pretend. Maybe maybe may or not pretending to read. I don't know. Eh, Alabama's minus seven against Texas with Quinn Ewers. Hmm. Texas wasn't all that great last week. It's Bama minus seven. You know, I'm going with Texas in this one. I think they they, they with the seven. And I think they won the game as well. And that's really that. That's about it. Stanford plays USC. That's an evening game, nine thirty p.m. At least my time, I think. There's talk of Caleb Williams uh, possibly staying in school if he doesn't like his, you know, the team that's going to draft him, which is probably going to be Arizona. I know we as Pitt fans can't stand, you know, USC after what after last year. We probably don't think much of Caleb Williams either. But um, you know, from a business perspective, I can understand Caleb Williams. I mean, he if he still has college eligibility left, he could use it and continue to get, to get paid in millions of dollars in NIL money. And he doesn't have to go to the NFL because he's he's getting paid already. And if he doesn't want to go to say Arizona, he can possibly declare the next season and maybe land himself in a better position, you know, better situation. Or Arizona could just, could just take the second year in a row. You know, a lot can happen. But all I can say is, be careful what you wish for. I mean, Eli Manning didn't want to play for the Chargers. He ends up with the Giants, but the Chargers and Chargers had Ladane Tomlinson. That you know, they they picked up Antonio Gates as well. They drafted him before Eli came, and Chargers end up having a really good team. But I mean, Eli went with the Giants, but he did win two Super Bowls to his credit. Now, as we look at the rest of the ACC, Vanderbilt and Wake Forest. Wake is a minus 10. I don't know about this one. Hmm. Yeah, we'll give it to Wake. I think Wake wins, but I think Vanderbilt covers the 10, though. Unless unless they're really bad. Notre Dame, NC State. Notre Dame's a minus 7.5 against, against NC State. I like Notre Dame in this one because we didn't really see much from... Uh, well, Sam Hartman's a quarterback for starters. Brandon Armstrong, he was kind of a little iffy, you know, despite being reunited with his offensive coordinator. Yeah, i go with Notre Dame in this one. I mean, I know it's at home, but Andy pulls it off. Purdue and Virginia Tech. Purdue 0-1 against VT. Hmm. Who did Purdue play last week? 
They play Fresno, Fresno State and lost. Who did the Hokies play? Oh, the Hokies didn't play. You know, they played Old Dominion. Old Dominion's a, you know, a, a pain in the ass to play against. And they won 36-17. Mm. I'll give it to the Hokies. They're minus three. They win that. Boston College and Holy Cross. BC should win that one. If they don't, then I would be concerned. James Madison plays Boston College. BC was horrific last week. They're playing Holy Cross. They should win this one. If they don't, I'll be very concerned. Now, here is a definite fall from grace. Uh, James Madison plays Virginia. And JMU is a minus six and a half point favor against Virginia. I'm not sure what's going on at UVA. Well, ever since Bronco left, it's really been downhill. I mean, we're talking about a team who um, the year Pitt won the ACC title. They were neck and neck with Pitt for the title. You know, for the for the for the Coastal Championship. I mean, they did. What, I mean, before. I mean, 2019, right before the pandemic, they won the Coastal. It seemed like it was going to be a pit UVA taking turns winning the coastal at one point, which fortunately didn't happen. Now they're a minus six. Now they're a six and a half point underdog against James Madison of all of all people. Hmm. I like UVA in this one. I think they covered a six and a half. I you know if they don't win, I think they at least cover. South Carolina State and Georgia Tech. Ooh, that's a hot, that's a mess there as well. Um, gotta go Georgia Tech in that one. Clemson, Charleston Southern. Clemson should win that one. Texas A&M and Miami. Supposedly Miami's been trying to give away tickets to this game in some way. I mean, I think if you spend money on an A&M and Miami ticket, they give you like a free... Georgia Tech and Miami ticket. But um, I wouldn't be spending a lot of money to go watch these two teams play. AM all AM basically is hyped up every year. You know, you could blame you, you can blame a lot of their hype on Johnny Manziel. You know. Ever since ever, ever since you know Johnny Football was there, this you know they A&M gets hyped up every year. And Miami is Miami. I mean, Miami just... Miami and Virginia Tech are two teams that really only stay relevant due to their pop culture. You know, Virginia Tech keeps its relevancy because of of Michael Vick. Because that's what we think about is that Michael... You know, we think about Michael Vick. That's about it. And that he played there. That's pretty much, you know, of course there's, was it, of course there's the inner Sandman, you know, thing. But that's really about it. I mean, most, you know, anytime you think about Virginia Tech, it's always going to be, they're always going to show Mike Vick's highlights against Florida State in a national championship loss. That's the one of the more baffling things. They always show his highlights against Florida State when, when they lost that game. You know, I'm sure Florida State isn't really, you know, isn't too bothered by it. Anyways.
Um, let's see. I'm get, I'm gonna go probably with a and M in this one. Yeah, I'm not so sure about Miami, but I'm gonna go with a and M. Appalachian State and North Carolina, and again, again, Appalachian State, one of the many pain in the ass teams to play against. They're basically what South Florida was back in the early 2000s. We know that all too well. But yeah, these are these are you know this falls into the list of G5 teams you you try to avoid scheduling. Them and Old Dominion are two teams you tr- you know you try not to schedule. And probably you could probably add Liberty to that as well. North Carolina has a minus 18. I think they I think Appalachian State covers the 18. North Carolina wins, but they cover. Duke and Lafayette. Duke should win that one, no problem. Southern Miss and Florida State. No line on this game yet. I don't see at least I don't see one. Forest Forest State probably wins that one easily. But as far as the Pitt Cincinnati goes, I mean there's not much to talk about. I mean they're gonna make us a dual threat quarterback. They gotta contain Emory Jones and they gotta ta- you know, of course they gotta cover and tackle. They can't come out they can't play slow. Bottom line is they got to play a very a very sound game and not come out sloppy, because we all know about the whole how it is. And the big thing is the river; they're not bringing out the River City Rivalry Trophy, which is kind of odd. But I'm not sure where that trophy's at, to say the least. But as we remember that series when we were Big East foes. You know, I think with the, we won it. I think the first two years, no, three years we we won it. And then Brian Kelly came in and you know made our lives miserable. He beat us in '08 and '09. '08 we were down twenty-eight to seven at one point, and it just sucked to lose that game because we lost to Cincinnati. You know, you know after what happened with um, with the, with the thirteen and nine win, and we had Bill Stalin. We thought you know we were on a we were on a nice little uh, ride there, and it looked like we were going to win the Big East. And we face a team that we've beaten th- you know three times in a row, and of course we lose to them that time around. But that was that was basically pit fashion. Then of course two thousand nine, we all know that story. You know we lost. A, we I mean. The big indicator there was, you know, if there was ever a big warning sign, it was probably the the backyard brawl where we lost, you know, by on a last minute field goal. You know, we we were a very hot team. I think we I think we were also top ten at that point at that time. We lost by three, and people said no big deal. We just beat Cincinnati, and we go to the uh, you know the you know all we gotta do is beat Cincinnati, and we go to the uh, you know championship game. I mean, the, not, not the championship game. We win the Big East and we go to the, you know, the BCS Bowl game. But, you know, we lose to West Virginia. And I just remember, I, I think that was the year I had my first kid, my oldest. And what I remember from that is, at the time we were out running errands that day, and I remember, like, looking at my phone and I saw the score was like thirty-one to ten at one point, and I and I got home in time when they missed where they missed the field goal. 
before halftime. And you just wondered to yourself, I mean, even, I mean, Bill still had a rushing touchdown. And I mean, it was that game where you thought that first half where everything was working according to plan. But you also, you know, and of course they kicked, they kicked the Marty Gilliard and, and it just, you know, once they started to crawl back, then you started to get concerned because we're like, oh no. Here we go again, the same thing as always. Pitt's about to, you know, pucker this lead, and they did. I remember that, you know, that. well then, you know, they scored a touchdown late. I think since they probably let them score. And then they muff the extra point. And that was one of the most, and I think that was one of the most heart-wrenching moments. That, you know, the touchdown to win the game was heart-wrenching, but the muffed extra point was the most heart-wrenching because when it happened, you, you already knew what was going to happen. And as Pitt fans, we saw it one too many times. And, of course, Cincinnati, I think, I think like in four, like five or six plays, they, are, they already had a touchdown. I mean, they just, they wasted no time and they scored. And that was just that. And I, that loss stung for some time. And I, and because I mean, you know, we loved Wani and we wanted Wani to uh, succeed because we, you know, people said that he was always a born loser as a head coach and all that. And we thought this would be finally his time. You know, and of course, it, it it fell miserably, and he was fired the next, you know, after after the next year. And it just, you know, just didn't happen. But, you know, we end up winning the ACC title years later, and I mean, well, not years later. See, that was no happened in nine, so we won it twelve years later. And for me, that loss to Cincinnati just does it, it's. It sucks, but it doesn't really have, have that. It doesn't have doesn't sting as much, because Pitt finally eventually got over the hump. Oh well. Anyways, guys, the Steelers play this weekend. I don't have much to say about it, but I'm really hoping for big things for Kenny this year. I think he's going to take the next step up. Let's hope. Hell to Pitt. Bye. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.